we've been on a journey here uh, over the fall about our DNA. Who are we? Uh, uh, who are we to be, uh, or what are we to be defined by? We've been talking about our DNA, and uh, we've talked about three things. We've talked about thriving spiritually, being people of the book, that we would know God's word and that it would permeate our lives and it would transform us into his likeness. We've talked about the importance of being spirit-filled and spirit-led. And it's the spirit who changes and transforms us. It's the spirit who gives us the gifts and the fruit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. Against such things there are no uh, laws. We've talked about the importance of submission uh, to the work of the spirit in our lives, to his direction and leadership. And then we've also uh, spent some time talking about building community. That we're not in this alone. We're called to uh, serve together. We're called to live life together. Uh, the enemy of our soul, and even sometimes deep within us, we, we, we want to withdraw and isolate ourselves because we feel at times like no one can understand our issues. No one can understand our burdens. And, uh, and yet, yet God calls us into community, he calls us to carry one another's burdens, to love each other, and to uh, grow together, to sharpen each other. And uh, Pastor Art last week started uh, the third uh, component, uh, that of reaching the lost and uh, sowing seed. And this week we're going to continue on in reaching the losses and reaching the loss, I'm sorry. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read verses 13 uh, through uh, to the end of 21. Now, just as you turn to that, let me just say that this is an incredibly important miracle. It's found in all four Gospels. It's the only miracle that's found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all talk about the feeding of the 5,000. It's an important miracle, and uh, one of which we want to give our attention to here this morning. Here now from God's Word, Matthew chapter 14. Starting at verse 13. And now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowd heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went to shore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowd away to go into the villages and to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they know they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said to them, bring them here. And then he ordered the crowds to sit on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And then he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate, and they were satisfied, and they took up the twelve baskets full of the broken pieces that were left over. And those who ate were about five thousand, besides women and children. Let's take a moment to pray, and then we'll dive into this. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Uh, Sometimes we take it for granted that we have such access to your word. Uh, Forgive us for that. It's your word that changes and transforms us. It's your word that gives the truth that sets us free. And so here this morning, would you help us to hear from you through the power of your spirit as your word permeates the message. We pray, Father, that we would leave this place knowing that we've encountered you 
And more than that, that we would submit to the work of the Spirit in our lives that you would be able to accomplish your goals, your mission in us and through us. And so redeem this time, we pray, for your honor and glory. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now here's the setting. You know, Matthew 14, verse 13, sort of explains why they've gathered together. It says that when Jesus had heard, now what did he hear? Uh, what, what, what did he hear that, uh, that caused him to want to go and find a desolate place, a, a quiet place, a place where he could have time of reflection? Well, what he had heard is that John the Baptist, his cousin, the one who baptized him, John the Baptist, who had stood against Herod in the palace and said, no, it's not acceptable, Herod, that you are married to Herodias. Uh, this needs to stop. He, he had been beheaded by Herod, uh, the plot of Herodias and her daughter. John hears this. I mean, Jesus hears this about John, and he's, he needs to just withdraw a wee bit. He needs to spend some time with the Father. This is the setting of what's happening. But more than that, if you go to the Synoptic Gospels, what you'll find is that it wasn't just that this had happened, but the disciples also... We're weary. You see, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, a few weeks ago we unpacked this. Jesus prepares his disciples and he says to them, listen, I'm going to send you out two by two on this short mission trip. You're going to go out and you're going to heal the sick, preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. You're going to cast out demons and you're going to do this all in my name. They have returned from that journey. They have returned from their work and now uh, they are looking for a bit of time to debrief what what has happened, and not just debrief, they're looking for a time of refreshing. In many ways, uh, for sure, they would be feeling a bit like they have nothing left to give. These two factors kind of fill into the reality that they're pulling away. They, they need to find a quiet place. I, I love that because I think that uh, there are times when we need that. And, and this is okay with the Lord. It's, it's okay to withdraw. But the other reality that we also need to recognize is that uh, the way Jesus works is often so different than the way we work. So Jesus, he hears about this. The disciples are gathered together and they're going to find a quiet place. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus is having such an impact on the people. They hear of him leaving. And instead of being a respecter of Jesus and of his disciples, they chase after him. They follow him on foot from the towns to where he is. You see, the Sea of Galilee is in a, a large sea, and so you can kind of picture the disciple. I mean, these uh, local people watching Jesus get in the boat, see the direction he's heading, and go, let, let, let's go find Jesus. They're so hungry for his teaching. They're so hungry for his ministry. They want to be around him. And in the midst of Jesus' needs, they forget about that, and they chase after him. When Jesus and the disciples, they, they reached the location that they had determined to go and find this rest, find this solitude place, this place with God, notice what happens when they get to shore. A great crowd appears. I wonder what that would have been like, you know. You're, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're feeling at your end, you're, you're just asking for a simple break. And you, you, you pull up on shore and you look and there's... A huge crowd. And you just, I'm sure you just start going, oh man, seriously? 
Oh, not are more? And Jesus, he doesn't flinch. He gets out of the boat and he, 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 he sees the crowd. And, and notice what the text says. It says that he had compassion on them. I love that. It, it, it reveals a little bit of the heart of Jesus that, 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 that he sees people for who they are. He never sees a crowd. He sees individuals. I, I love that Jesus notices the crowd and, and, and he's emotionally moved. The Greek word for compassion means to be in turmoil within. It's that sinking feeling in your, in your belly where you go, oh. Jesus looks at the crowd and he has compassion on them. Listen, friends. If we are to reach the lost, if we are to reach Spruce Grove, if we're to reach Stony Plain, if we're to reach Parkland County, this mass of people. Listen, for Jesus, it's never a crowd. It's always people. And it's not just people, it's individuals with needs. The the Bible clearly teaches that he desires all to come to a place of repentance. He desires that they would know him. See, we get overwhelmed by the crowd. We get overwhelmed by the reality of of all the people that are lost. And, And we don't allow the Spirit of God to bring compassion into our lives. Listen, we cannot produce in ourselves an authentic compassion for people. No, this is a work of God in our lives. We need to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ and say, oh God, would you give me your eyes that I may see the crowd, the masses, the people the way you see them. Oh God, would you, would you give me your ears that I may hear. Oh God, would you, would, you just, would you change my heart from selfishness to service. See, Jesus sees the crowds and he has compassion on them. More than that, it's not just a compassion that doesn't lead to somewhere. It's a compassion that leads to action. Notice what Matthew does. He does. He highlights what Jesus does. He has compassion on them and he heals their sick. I wonder what that looked like. This great crowd gathered together. And Jesus, he starts moving through it and he starts healing sickness after sickness after sickness. The Synoptic Gospels doesn't just say that he healed the sick, but he preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He he begins to take action, and and he begins to serve. (laughs) Wonder what that would have been like. I wonder what the crowd would have been like as one person, two people, three people, four people, ten people, twenty people get healed. I I wonder what the roar of the crowd was like as people, people got healed. Jesus goes away to find a desolate place. He goes away to find a, a, a place of, uh, of time with his father. And the people chase him. How do we do when we feel like we're at our end? How do we do when we don't have another ounce to give? When we, when we feel like there's nothing more in us to give? That is the best place to be, friends. It's in our weakness he is made strong. Oh, that we would glory in our weakness because it's then that he is glorified and revealed. It's in our weakness that will either lead to despair or to true service and ministry to those around us. Oh, that we would not despair in our weakness, but that we'd focus our gaze on Christ and say, I'm available even in my weakness. I'm available even when the crowd is too big, when when there's too much for me to do. I'm available to serve however you want 
me to serve, I'm available. Jesus has compassion on them, compassion that leads to action. He heals their sick. He teaches and ministers to them. Now notice when it is evening, the disciples, they come to him and they say to him, listen, listen, I don't know, Lord, if you've noticed, but this is a pretty desolate place. There's, there's no McDonald's around here. There's, there's no Wendy's around here. There's no Tim Hortons just around the corner. This isn't Canada. This is Palestine. Long ago, this is a desolate place. What, what are we, we going to do, you know? The day is coming to an end. It's going to get dark soon. Listen, listen, let's send the crowd away. Send them to the villages to go get food. They're hungry, and if we're not careful, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Huh. I don't know about you, but that's often how I deal with the problems and issues that I'm confronted with. Sometimes I have the foresight to see the potential problem or to see the issue, and I start solving it. I mean, there's no interaction with the Father. There's no looking to the Son. I'm telling them how the problem needs to be solved. It's simple, Lord. You know, just send them away. I mean, they got themselves in this mess. I mean, they're the ones who came out here. You know, they're the ones who came looking for us. Send them away. Hmm. That's not how Jesus operates, is it? (laughs) You see a little bit of the temperament of Jesus. If you look at John chapter 6 in the synoptic uh, gospel, look what it says there. It says, he asked them, what should we do? And he said this to test them. (laughs) It's not interesting, eh? He knew what he was going to do. That's what the text says. He knew the answer. He knew the solution. But he wanted to to see if the disciples knew how to handle a situation that was beyond their capacity. He wanted them to realize. He wanted them to realize who they were. They wanted them to realize their brokenness, their insufficiency. He tests them. You ever felt like the Lord has tested you? You ever found yourself in a spot where you go, oh Lord, oh, oh Lord. I'm in way over my head, Lord. I, I don't know what to do. Okay, I, and, then, and then instantly we, we go into strategic planning mode. We, we start developing our plans and we don't engage the Father. We, we don't look to the Son for answers. We just start solving the problems. And what's revealed to us is that our heart is broken. What's revealed to us is our own sinfulness, our own pride. See, Jesus tests them, and he says, listen, what should we do? Philip, Philip answers, if you look at the synoptic, he goes, look, come on, we, we can't feed these people. It's a year's salary to feed all these people. I mean, this is a, a mass crowd. This is huge. We, we can't do this. Send them away. I mean, who could argue with them? Not me. I, I wouldn't be willing to give up a, a year's salary to feed this mass crowd? Who could argue with them? It's reasonable. Send them away. Yeah, it's a little inconvenient for them, but, but, but let's send them away. We, we, we don't turn it back to Christ. Notice what Jesus says. He says, they, they don't need to go away. In verse 16, he says, they don't need to go away. What, what, what do we have here? Well, Andrew, he had found the little boy who had the fish and the bread. He says, well, we've got a bit of fish and a a bit of bread. I mean, 
that's all we got. And so Jesus instructs him. He says, listen, tell the people to sit. Tell them to sit in, in groups. Get them organized, he says. Give me the five loaves and the two fish. He organizes the crowd. They, they sit on the grass. And then taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looks up to heaven and, and Jesus blesses it. And then he, he breaks the bread and he gives them to the disciples. And the disciples uh, give it to the crowd. I, I wonder what that would have looked like. They've just finished this intense, short-term ministry experience. They haven't even had a chance to completely debrief it. They're looking for a place of rest. It's been ambushed by this large crowd. And now Jesus is saying to them, here, 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 here's some bread, here's some fish. Go, go hand it out to the people. <laughs> I wonder how their attitude was. <laughs> wonder how my attitude would be. Uh, I might be going, oh, man, seriously, Lord? I'm entitled to a rest here. Like, I'm entitled to, to a break. What? Are you kidding me? You want me to serve all these people? Now, just do the math. We've got 12,000. Uh, no, uh, well, we got 5,000 men plus women and children. So conservatively, very, very conservatively, you can say 8,000 people. I think you can quite comfortably say 10, 15,000 people when you add the women and children. Think about this. This is a, this is a big crowd. You've got 12 disciples. And he's saying, now go feed them. So they each got a basket. And, and, and my math, I say 12,000 people. Uh, that's 1,000 people they're giving bread and fish to. Um, this is an ordeal. This would be something. Could you imagine? And it had been something, eh? You know, Jesus gives them bread. I don't know what that looked like, but because he's only started with a little bit, and, and, and now all of a sudden he's going to feed everyone. And they, okay, do you, do you want some? Do you want some? Yeah, here's some. You want fish? Okay, here's some fish. You can picture it. He's handing out bread. He's handing out fish. <laughs> the text says that they, they, they handed out enough food till everyone was satisfied. <laughs> when we have people over at our house, we always try and cook enough that we have just a little left over. Is that what you do? Because if you don't have a little left over, then people don't want to finish it up. You know what I mean? Here, they're handing it out. They're handing out. Y'all full? Yeah, we're full. You've had enough? Yeah, we've had enough. Now these disciples, these weary, tired disciples, notice what they do. They, they take their baskets and they fill up all the broken pieces that were left over and they bring it up. There's 12 baskets full. Left over. Hmm. Jesus, Jesus wanted to teach them that there's a right way and a wrong way to solve problems that are beyond our means. See, what the disciples needed to do is not solve their problem by saying, you know, uh, it's your wage, we can't do this, send them away. See, he wanted them to turn the question back to Jesus. I don't know, Lord. Lord, I don't know how we should solve it. Lord, this is beyond me. Lord, 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 what do you think? I submit. See, I'm convinced the Lord puts us in spots that are well beyond our means, well beyond our capacity. He stretches us and tests us. And he wants us to humbly come before him and say, I don't know, Lord. Lord, I, I can't do this. Lord, 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 
I don't know what to do, Lord. What, what, what do you think? I, I submit. I will serve. I will do what you ask me to do. See, Jesus had a plan when he tested them. And his plan was to feed the people miraculously. That was his plan. And his plan was to use 12 disciples to do so. That was his plan. His plan was to have 12 baskets left over. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew how he wanted to solve the problem. But the disciples, the disciples didn't include him in the discussion. They, they moved to problem solving instead of a conversation. But friends, this wasn't a meaningless test. This wasn't just a, uh, an opportunity for the disciples to fail and not learn. No, they learned from this in Acts. In Acts, as Peter and John enter the synagogue to worship, they see a man who was born lame. I, I love it. As they look, on, look at him and he says, alms for the poor. Alms for the poor. I, I love their new response. Silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. Hmm. Friends, if we were to reach the lost, if we were to be effective in declaring the gospel to the masses, friends, friends, listen to me. It's not about our plan. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about fixing our gaze upon him and willfully submitting to his authority, to his methods, to his ways. It's about walking in step with him. It's about knowing his word and allowing the spirit to lead and guide us. It's about submission. You see, the disciples learned a a tough lesson that day, that Jesus did have a solution to the problem. They just didn't include him in the conversation. No, they tried to solve it on their own. And when we solve problems apart from Christ, it leads to disaster. But when we ask Jesus to be a part of the conversation, more than that, when we ask Jesus to direct the conversation, and when we say, we will submit to your authority, then, then the mission of Jesus is accomplished. See, Jesus, Jesus had an answer, and they were satisfied. Twelve baskets were left uh, full, and and those who ate were about 5,000 men, plus women and children. What a miracle. What a miracle. If you read the synoptics, as soon as this happens and finishes, he puts the 12 baskets, Jesus grabs his disciples, and he says to them, hey, listen, guys, get into the boat, go to the other side. That's, That's what he says. Get in the boat, go to the other side. Could you imagine being a part of something like that? And, and then that's the next instruction. Get in the boat, go to the other side. And, and then Jesus goes and he dismisses the crowd, sends them away. They're all well fed now. He dismisses them. The disciples get out there and they start rowing. And, and if you're familiar with the Gospels, you remember what kind of happens next. They start rowing out and trying to get to the other side. A storm blows up and Jesus, he's up on the hill. He's worshiping God. He, he, he's having that quiet time with God. As the evening wears on, he walks down. He starts walking on the water. I think it's Mark, although forgive me if I'm wrong. One of the Synoptic Gospels says that, that Jesus was about to pass him by. <laughs> I love that. That's just so funny to me because, you know, typically we think that if we're struggling, you know, Jesus is going to just instantly help us. He, he doesn't. He's, he's like, 
And he walks by, I just love it. And and, and the the reality of the situation is the disciples go, I think that's a ghost. (laughs) Which seems reasonable because no one's ever walked on water before. I I think that's a ghost out there. I think we're tired. Uh, It's been a long day. Hey, it's been a long, it's been a long couple of weeks. We're just tired. It's a ghost out there. (laughs) No, it isn't. It's Jesus Christ the Lord. If it's you, Lord, Peter says, if it's you, Lord. Uh, have me come. <laughs> come. I love it. Uh, he walks on water and he sinks. He loses sight of Jesus. He, Jesus carries him back to the boat. He puts him in the boat. and He calms the storm and the sea. Uh, quite a miracle. Mark chapter 6 verse 52 says this. He says that they worshipped him. And were astounded by him, Jesus. For they did not understand the loaves. For their hearts were hardened. Isn't that an interesting verse? Think about this. I mean, Lord, like, come on, send them away. It's, it's desolate. I mean, where are they going to get fed? This is crazy. Send them away. What do you got? I got we got, well, we found some bread and some fish. Oh, Give it a blessing. Get them organized. Puts it in a basket. Go hand that out. To 5,000 men plus women and children. And these disciples are like, you want some bread? Yeah, oh, okay, here you go. You want, you want some fish? Yeah, okay, here you go. You, you want more bread? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, do you want some more bread? I, yeah, I got, I got lots. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want more? Do you want more? Do you want more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, more fish? Yeah. Are you full? You full? No? Okay, here you are. You must be a buck boy. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I threw that in there. Yeah. You're full? Yeah, we're satisfied. Cool, cool. Can I get the leftovers, please? Yeah, yeah. They bring it back. Just get in the boat and go. Yeah, yeah, okay. No worship. No thanks. No, whoa, God showed up. No, yeah, yeah, we could get in the boat. Their hearts were hard. See that? Missed it. Hard heart. Bless a miracle. They're struggling. Hey, Jesus, you, what are you walking by for? <laughs> Did you let me walk in water? Yeah, okay, come on out here. Walk some water. S- storm ceases. Wow. Surely you are the son of the living God. Friends, how many miracles, I mean, how many, how many crises do we try to solve on our own? I'm guilty. How many crises do we do not even include Jesus in the conversation? We're so busy telling him the solution. How many times have we been overwhelmed by the masses And it hinders the work of God in our lives. How many miracles have we been a part of that we didn't stop and say, oh God, you, you amaze me.
How many miracles have we missed? Because our hearts are hard. Oh, that God would soften our hearts to him. Oh, that we would be humble in the crises and the tests that are before us and that we would enter into a conversation with the master. More than that, that we would submit as he leads the conversation and willfully serve. that those around us would walk away satisfied. Let's pray. And so, Father, we are so grateful for this text. It speaks to us. Lord, the reality of the masses around us are overwhelming. No doubt about it. We hear stories of brokenness. Stories of pain and hurt. And we throw our hands in the air and say, what am I supposed to do? Forgive us. Forgive us for not looking to you. Forgive us for not listening to you and to your direction. Forgive us, God, for doing things in our own strength. Forgive us for not embracing our weakness that you may be glorified. Lord, the call for us is to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person, and it's overwhelming. And so help us, we pray. Soften our hearts, we ask, and teach us to submit to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. that they may be satisfied more than that, that you would be glorified in us and through us. May it be so, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.